You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident fanalist, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore daddy. This is what happens when I miss one day. I come back and do three recordings. If you don't know what I'm talking about, I scheduled the Packers stock uh, market game podcast thing to be released around 10 o'clock central time. Don't know why I said around, because I told it to post it at exactly 10 o'clock. So be on alert for that. And just understand that there have been three, so it's not like, oh, this is the one thing for... No, just there's three of them, so... Uh, I don't expect this one to be super long because I already did a one-hour-long recording as well as the stock market game recording thing. But what I do want to go through because I didn't have time in the first recording, as you may remember, is the uh, other games that are going on today to sort of give thoughts and predictions and whatnot and what the implications of these things may or may not be. Of course, by the way, shout-out to uh, Vivid Seats. Make sure you're using promo code OVERTIME in the Vivid Seats mobile app to save up to $100 on all ticket purchases, first-time customers only. And might I also suggest, as we go through this, that you keep in mind the potential that there is with MyBookie. I'm going to be going through the MyBookie lines and whatnot. If you hear something that sounds intriguing, you might want to just make sure MyBookie's up and we can go through this together. And if you're going to do that, make sure you're using promo code OVERTIME because they're going to match your first deposit. So throw down some money. It's going to get doubled if you use promo code OVERTIME. That's mybookie.ag. You play, you win, you get paid. Let's take a quick break. We'll launch into these games right now. So let us start with the Carolina Panthers and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Now, by the way, there's also a pick'em thing. If you are involved in uh, Patreon, patreon.com forward slash pack underscore daddy, and you'd like to get involved in our CBS pick'em pool, just let me know and I'll send you an email. I think everybody's up to date, but if you'd like to, then uh, be sure to let me know. But um, I I went through the picks pretty quickly, and this was a while ago, so there may be a bit of disjointedness. There's always those times where I talk about the game, and I'm like, oh, see, I think this is going to happen, and then it happens, and I brag about it, and then I look at the CBS pick and pull, and I did not pick that. It's like, what what are you doing? So, you know, opinions change over time. But my bookies currently got the Carolina Panthers at uh, minus two, over-under set at 47. Again, I'm not going to go through all of them, but these are two NFC teams. They're also division rivals. Um, The Carolina Panthers are a team that I'm semi-worried about. I don't think the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have too much of a shot. But the Carolina Panthers are one of those teams that as you come down to the wire, and the reason these matter is because toward the end of the year, we start worrying about every single team that's kind of close and who needs to win and who needs to lose. So let's just start the process now and want teams to start losing right away. So I think we should be rooting for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers because I don't really see them as a really honest, serious contender. And as long as Carolina's struggling, you want them to rack up as many L's as possible so that if they start picking up the pace at the very least, those losses kind of, you know, even if they can sneak into the playoffs with them, they're not going to hurt the Green Bay Packers with their record. In terms of that being super likely, I don't know that it's impossible. 
The biggest question is going to be Jameis Winston because he's pretty terrible. However, he has um, moments where he looks like he is just a freakish quarterback. If that's the case, with how well Chris Godwin is playing, which currently ranked by PFF as the number one wide receiver in football, as well as Mike Evans and O.J. Howard, who hasn't done jack squat this year so far, but is a pretty talented tight end, there's some potential here, especially against this secondary that just is not very good at all. Um, This is a team that does not run the ball very well, but they're not going to try to. So really, it's just a matter of block Brian Burns, throw the ball a lot, rack up a ton of points, and the Carolina Panthers can't keep up. In fact, the more I think about it, I really think this is because of Carolina's real inability to kind of take over a game, especially without having Cam Newton in. I mean, this entire offense and borderline this whole team is Christian McCaffrey. By the way, you want to talk about good pass rushers, forget Brian Burns. Let's look at Shaquille Barrett, who's leading the NFL in sacks, going up against Dennis Daly, who hasn't done jack. This offensive line is not very good. The quarterback is not very good. The wide receivers are not very good. This is the Christian McCaffrey show. I I don't know, man. If Jameis just isn't terrible, I think Tampa should win the game. And I I don't know if this just got updated or what, but I could swear it just said two points. Tampa is now uh, two and a half point underdogs. So anyways, uh, that's going to be the early game in London. So all kinds of crazy stuff is going on. Oh yeah, you can see things updating live as I'm sitting here. That's kind of crazy. Now, the flip side of that is I want Tampa to win because I think the Carolina has the potential to actually be contenders, whereas Tampa Bay does not. However, I'm kind of talking myself out of that, looking at it saying Carolina is just not very good and Tampa Bay is. However, I still think Carolina has the pieces, right? They've got the defensive pieces, especially with linebacker, the defensive line. If Cam comes back, he's he's capable. Christian McCaffrey is a freak, whereas Tampa is just kind of a mess, but they're a mess that can wreck some stuff. Also, we play the Carolina Panthers. We do not play the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, so just seeing Tampa be better than Carolina, it's better for several reasons. So let's hope for that. And I I honestly, right now, I don't care enough to go change my pick if I made a different pick. I'm going to pick Tampa to win this game. It's in Carolina, but I don't know how much of a difference that's really going to make. It's not like it's a a long distance to travel. There isn't a real big weather advantage, of course, of any kind. It's really just basic home field advantage, whatever that's worth. Beyond that, Cincy and Baltimore, I don't super care. Obviously, Baltimore are massive favorites, and I wouldn't necessarily argue with that. Seattle and Cleveland is very interesting, and it's actually just a pick right now. In other words, they're even. This game is somewhat relevant because the Seahawks, as always, are a threat to the Green Bay Packers. Um, Now, this doesn't matter if we win the division, obviously, and just handle our business, but there's always a chance that we run into a few road bumps, and we've got to contend for a wild card spot, and Seattle's going to be right there, you know, battling us for that. Now, PFF is kind of anti, the way they have it is the market has the Browns at minus one. Seattle actually, or PFF actually has Seattle at minus three. So they acknowledge that it's very, very close, but actually favorite Seattle a little bit. They kind of see um, the team as well as the individual components of the offense and defense all being better than the, uh, the Browns. It really just comes down to what the Browns are because the Browns have got talent that they're just not utilizing. And I'm not even necessarily going to give them the argument that their offensive line is trash. The right side of the offensive line is problematic, and I did not necessarily like them trading away their offensive guard to the Giants. But they've got, I mean, come on now. Betonio and Treader are good offensive linemen. Robinson at left tackle is not terrible. You still got Chubb, who is a very good running back. You still got Baker Mayfield, who we've seen what he can do when he's at his best. You've got Landry, you got Beckham. I don't want to hear any crying. The Seattle defense is nowhere near what it was. Safeties are no good. The corners are not very good. Bobby Wagner's not even having a good year. He's one of the best linebackers in football. He's really struggling so far this year. So far, it's basically just 
Clowny. Clowney's like the guy. So there, there's no reason for the offense of the Browns to not take it to Seattle, especially in your home stadium. I mean, if this was in Seattle, fine, the easy Seattle pick. It's not, though. Seattle's got to travel from the West Coast. I don't think their defense is very good. I'm, I'm not necessarily picking the Browns because they, they've not been playing up to their full potential. Baker Mayfield's been playing like absolute garbage, but they should be able to score a lot of points. On the flip side of this, the Browns' defense, which really should be much improved, has been just terrible. Olivier Vernon and uh, Miles Garrett have been garbage. Uh, their top two corners, which is probably the biggest thing in this game, are out. Uh, their uh, rookie, uh, why can't I think? Greedy Williams, as well as last year's rookie, whatever, Denzel Ward, they're both out. And Demarius Randall is predictably not very good. And Jermaine Whitehead, who is over there as well, is not very good. Their linebackers are not very good. Their interior defensive line is not very good. Um, And as much as the uh, Seahawks offense isn't great, the Browns don't have much to counter anything. Russell Wilson is currently graded as the number one quarterback in football right now. Uh, DK Metcalf is good for that one deep touchdown per game. You got Lockett, who's going to be the possession guy. You got Will Disley, who's been pretty good at tight end so far. So, you know, the, the Browns should be able to pull it off. I think if I were to pick a team, though, I'm probably going to still pick Seattle. Uh, the Browns should be able to score. However, the defense isn't going to be able to stop Seattle, and I just have a feeling that Cleveland's going to shoot themselves in the foot. Whereas the Seattle Seahawks, are, if they're nothing else, they're a very fundamentally sound football f- team, especially Russell Wilson. He just doesn't make a lot of mistakes. Very, very good um, very good quarterback, and I just think the team is more disciplined, and I think that's what's going to win in the end. But, you know, go Browns and whatnot. Houston and Kansas City, I don't really care, other than I want Houston to beat Kansas City to prove that Kansas City is kind of in trouble, to prove that teams are kind of figuring them out and they're not exactly this titan uh, that everybody kind of thought they were. To kind of suck a little bit of confidence out of their their team and their fan base and especially their quarterback would be uh, very, very important. However, AFC teams, it doesn't super matter. New Orleans and Jacksonville Jaguars, obviously we're rooting for the Jacksonville Jaguars, the Saints. Without Drew Brees, we, you know, the, the, the hope was they're not going to be able to do much. And their, their season might be completely dashed by the time Drew Brees comes back. However, the Saints just keep winning. And um, the Jacksonville Jaguars are favorites in this game. Uh, my bookie has them at minus two and a half. It really just comes down to what is Minshew Mania going to be able to do with Mr. DJ Chark, who is graded currently as the number three wide receiver in football. He's just been tearing it up. The offensive line isn't very good. Leonard Fournette hasn't done jack behind this offensive line in a very long time. But Minshew's been making magic happen. The problem is the New Orleans Saints defense is kind of for real. Uh, Davenport and Jordan off the edge are serious, and with these offensive tackles being garbage, he's probably going to be in a lot of trouble. And so can they create a plan to um, disrupt this very talented but very young quarterback, cause him to make mistakes while really just needing to bring pressure, which they can, and you know double-team DJ Chark and take him out of the game, which... I think most defensive coordinators can figure that out. On the flip side, with the Saints, Bridgewater isn't great, but he's doing enough to get the job done. And the, the Jaguars' defense just isn't what it is. Calais Campbell, obviously, is still a freak. A.J. Boye hasn't done very much. D.J. Hayden has been pretty solid, but the linebackers are not very good. Uh, Ngakwe hasn't been very good. Smoot is garbage. Uh, Josh Allen, although he has been getting better as the weeks go on, has really been struggling. Marcel Darius hasn't done much. I mean, they, they have talent. It just hasn't materialized. And that's sort of the biggest problem. But to be completely honest, I don't know why the Jaguars are favored in this game. I just think the Saints have a better team. I think the defense is going to absolutely assault the Jacksonville Jaguars. If um, Minshew can overcome this, 
and and he and Chark kind of take over and, and run this game and they end up winning it, I'm going to have a newfound respect for the Jacksonville Jaguars. But I just don't see that happening. I think the Saints are going to win. But again, go Jaguars. Then we got a pretty big game here, Philadelphia Eagles and the Minnesota Vikings. Obviously, we really want the Philadelphia Eagles to win, and I think they will. The Vikings are actually favorites in this. I think that's a mistake. I don't really get it. I think the Philadelphia Eagles are a legit team, not just because they beat the Packers, but really that is a big part of it. You saw what they were, and the Vikings have done really nothing. They, they were, they've been garbage all year. They got a little bit of their swag back because they beat a really garbage team, but I mean, they beat the Falcons, who are trash. They lost to the Packers. They beat the Raiders, who are no good. They lost to the Bears. And then they beat the Giants, who are garbage. I know they have enough talent to beat the Eagles. I just don't think it's going to happen. Again, it becomes problematic if the Vikings win because you got a newfound respect. But I I don't think they're going to be able to run all over the Eagles. Not with with Graham and Cox and Sweat and and, and Barnett and the guys that they got up front. I just don't see that happening. They got Thielen and Diggs, but they can't throw the ball. I mean, they, they got a little bit better at that. Now, you know, the Eagles, of course, yeah, the, you know, Packers had a ton of success because the Eagles' corners are garbage. So maybe the thought process is they're just going to throw like crazy all over the secondary, and maybe that's the case. But all it's going to take is Cousins to have another bad day and it's game over. And he's been really bad all year with the exception of, what, last week against the Giants, who have probably the only worse secondary than the Eagles? I don't know, man. I just don't really see it. And then on the flip side, you got Carson Wentz, who's, you know, playing out of his mind very 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 good offensive line so they're probably going to be able to run the ball they're going to be able to protect Wentz he's going to be able to take his time and distribute the ball against this really really bad secondary of the Minnesota Vikings yes I said bad well I shouldn't say bad second bad corners it's a good defense but I think Minnesota at home is probably the biggest thing that is a tough team to play uh in Minnesota so that alone is tough but even if you look at PFF they picked uh the Vikings uh minus 2.9 is is what they have but they've also got the Eagles with a better overall team, better offense, and better defense. So I'm just going to go with the better team wins here. I also think this is a high volatility team, meaning if the Eagles are able to get some early success, the game's pretty much over. I don't see the Vikings as the kind of team that are going to rally. They're they're highly emotional, especially the quarterback and wide receivers. They're just they're screaming and crying at each other all the time. Stephon Diggs is going to end up crying into his cleats if if the Eagles get a touchdown and there's one errant pass in the game. He's just going to go ripping his jersey apart or something i don't know he's a crybaby so we'll see i i I wouldn't say i'd be surprised if the vikings won but i am a little surprised that the vikings are the favorite in this game they haven't really beaten anybody that's any good and i think the eagles have shown to be an actually pretty talented team i know they lost to the lions well i guess they also lost to the falcons which isn't great so I, i don't know they're an up and down team we'll see what happens redskins and dolphins technically the redskins are an nfc team but does anybody care no the answer is no they're not a threat to anyone Dolphins are not a threat to anyone. Doesn't really matter. As far as who's going to win, I, I, don't, I don't even care enough to look at it. Uh, 49ers and the Rams is a very, very interesting team because I don't know what to think of either of these teams. The 49ers, there's a lot of talk about them losing their fullback and how much of an effect that's going to have. Maybe it's going to have a big effect. Either way, it's weird because I don't know if I believe in the 49ers, yet the 49ers are playing as though they're the best team in football. Actually, I think PFF has them graded as the best team in football above the Patriots. The Rams, I still view as these kind of titans of football that just are not playing like it. And then losing Clay, as weird as it sounds, is actually going to hurt because he was dominating for uh, the first portion of the year here. So it's almost it's going to be more interesting than anything, and it's also also it's also going to be good because one of these teams is going to lose, and I think these are teams that are going to have more wins than losses. So anytime you can get teams that are probably going to be like 12-ish win teams or 11 win teams or whatever, basically guaranteed playoff teams to play each other. Obviously, one of them is going to win, but there's a good chance both of them were going to win either way, just depending on who they were going to play. 
So guaranteeing a loss for either of them is uh, a good thing. Uh, that said, my bookie currently has the Rams as the favorites, which kind of makes sense to me anyways. I don't know. The 49ers actually, well, they've got a decent amount of injuries here. Well, both teams do. They're actually very significant injuries. Uh, George Kittle is questionable with a groin injury. Probably going to play, but still, that's scary. Uh, Kyle Juszczyk is out with a knee injury. Uh, Akello Weatherspoon, cornerback, is out with a foot injury. Uh, Joe Staley, tackle, is out. And Mike McGlinchey, oh my goodness, both tackles are out. Holy schmackers. And uh, Jason Verrett is on IR. Uh, Todd Gurley for the Rams is out. Clay Matthews is out. And Aqib Tlaib is out. That is a lot. Man, you just put these guys that are out on a football team, they're going to beat a lot of people. I mean, you need more players, but still, that's a that's a lot of talent. That's, I mean, it's... It, it, Garoppolo is going to be in a lot of trouble because the interior is mediocre and now you don't have your really solid tackles and you're going up against Aaron Donald, Dante Fowler, who's actually proving to have a pretty good year. Michael Brockers is having a decent year. The defensive front is going to be kind of scary and they don't have a keep to lead, but they still have Peters and Roby Coleman. Um, the 49ers don't really have good wide receivers. They do have Kittle, but that's kind of it. And the linebackers are decent for the, the Rams. On the flip side, you've got another really, really good defensive line, especially with Bosa and Ford and Armstead and Buckner. Uh, also pretty good corners. I mean, the defense is just pretty solid. And this offensive line for the Rams is not playing very well. This is a, a pretty good team, but Havenstein is having a terrible year. Whitworth is nowhere near as good as he has been. Uh, Note Boom took a massive step back. Austin Blythe is, I mean, he's not very good, but he's playing like it. And Brian Allen also. So for some reason, the offensive, I don't know. I don't know who's going to win because it, it seems like the Rams are going to have a hard time moving against the 49ers. Although Goff and Woods and Cup and Cooks and Everett probably be able to get some damage done. On the flip side, man, I just don't know. This would be a good game. I I, I don't know. I'm, I'll, I'll concede I think the Rams are probably going to win. And that's probably good because the 49ers, I think, are going to end up like, you know, if, if they were healthy all year, I think the Rams would probably, or the 49ers would end up ahead of the Rams. So we probably should root for them. But either way, just take solace in the fact that there is going to be a uh, a loss in this game. That's a good thing. Falcons, Cardinals kind of don't care. Both NFC teams, neither of them are going to be very good. To be honest, I actually picked the Cardinals to win. I remember that because the Falcons were heavy favorites, at least in the Pick'em thing. Almost everyone picked the Falcons. I, I just, I think they're in bigger free fall than a lot of people think. Falcons are the favorites, and that's fine. And I could definitely see that happening, not by much. But um, I just think the Arizona Cardinals, they're a team that kind of knows they're bad, but they're getting better, and there's kind of like positive energy. It's one of those things where some teams that are like 2-4 and four feel good about it, and some teams that are 2-4 and four feel like their season's over and they want to quit and retire and everything. The Falcons and the Cardinals are on opposite ends of that spectrum. Granted, the Cardinals have a lot of veteran players that probably aren't super happy, but there's still an understanding of where they started and where they're headed. The Falcons are just throwing their hands up going, I don't know what is going on here. This is embarrassing. Cowboys and Jets. I'd love nothing more than the Jets to beat the Cowboys, but it's not going to happen. The Cowboys are going to obliterate the Jets. If that doesn't happen, man, I'm going to feel good, aside from the fact that I don't feel as good about our win over the Cowboys. But I also don't care because we got a W. And I would push the Cowboys further behind, but it's not going to matter because the Cowboys are going to annihilate them. The Cowboys are currently sitting at minus 7.5. So, uh, yeah, that's that's going to be a bloodbath. Titans-Broncos don't super care. Uh, Steelers-Chargers don't super care. And then you got the Detroit Lions and the Packers. Obviously, we want the Packers to win that game. That's pretty straightforward. And if you want to hear my thoughts on that, I did a whole podcast just before this one. So go listen to that. And the Chicago Bears are just... Um, well, they're going to have a good week because they're not going to get hurt and they're not going to lose. 
So they got that going for them. They will lose next week against the Saints and probably the next week after that against the Chargers and probably the next week against that against the Eagles. But they can take solace in the fact that one team in the NFC North at the very least is going to be losing. If the Vikings win, they go to 4-2, and two, which would put them ahead of the Bears. And then if the Lions win, the Packers would be 4-2, and two, still ahead of the Bears. And the Lions would be 3-1-1 one, and one in first place. So the, <laughs> the Bears are in a tough spot to where... I'm sure they really, really, really want the Packers to lose. I doubt there's hardly any Bears fans that are rooting for the Packers. However, the only way this gets any better for them is if the Lions lose. And essentially that's negated if the Vikings win because they stay in third. But at least if the Lions lose and the Vikings lose, you can be second in the division and feel good about that. Although then you are way behind the 5-1 and one Packers. And I, again, I doubt any Bears fans want to see the Packers at 5-1 and one in front of the division. So the Bears have the week off and nothing good is going to happen for them. If the Lions win, they just get further into, further down in the division. Still a half a game behind the Packers who beat them in a tiebreaker. So yeah, there's, 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 for the Bears, there's no good outcome outside of the fact that, again, one of these teams is going to lose. For the Vikings, they obviously want to win to go ahead of the Bears. And then probably, I mean, they probably want the Lions because then it's three wins for the Lions, three wins for the Bears, four for the Vikings, four for the Packers. You're technically in second place behind the Packers, but you have a tied record and you can kind of, you know, whatever. So everybody's rooting against the Packers. I'm just laughing at the fact that if the uh, if the Lions win, they're <laughs> first place in the in the division. But anyways, that's about it. If you do decide to go onto my book, you be sure to uh, share it with me or put it in the Facebook group and let me know what you're going for. If you have any success or whatnot, love to hear about it. Otherwise, as always, have a good day. I will talk to you later today when you hear about the stock game and then eventually tomorrow. Have a good one. Have a good day.